Thursday. I, I have lost track. The last couple of weeks has been so strange for me that I confuse. I, I, I think Wednesdays or Saturdays and Fridays or Sundays, and I'm a mess right now. I've got a lot of stuff going on. And good evening, good afternoon, depending on what part of the world you're in. Good morning. Jeff Bennett here, Perspectives on America. And uh, it's a never-ending battle we're fighting. It's it's pure insanity. I, I look at some of the headlines that. Uh, and by the way, I've had I've had some interesting things happening with one of our websites. Uh, it's only happened once uh, on Sierra Madre Precious Metals over the weekend. Uh, I had published a very lengthy series of headlines and links. And all of a sudden, Monday or Tuesday, they all disappeared. It's like the whole thing disappeared. And I still can't figure out why. It's not in a junk. It's not in a category. It's almost as if someone got a hold of my website and just wiped it out. Who the hell knows? Anything goes. I look at a few of the headlines today. We're not going to spend a lot of time with it, but uh, I do want to share a few with you. Um, national debt has hit a record high of $34 trillion. Their gross national debt has surpassed $34 trillion, a record high, which foreshadows the coming political <clears throat> and economic challenges that we face trying to improve America's balance sheet in the coming years. U.S. Treasury Department issued a report two days ago logging U.S. finances, which have become a source of tension in this politically divided D.C., uh, Washington, D.C., that could possibly see parts of the government shut down without an annual budget in place. I think parts of the government should be shut down anyway. I think we could start with the Senate the 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 house probably shut down the White House too. What the hell? What becomes interesting is the national debt eclipsed this thirty-four trillion dollars some years sooner than pre-pandemic projections. The Congressional Budget Office's January of twenty twenty projections estimated that gross federal debt would eclipse $34 trillion in the fiscal year of 2029. That's five more years. Uh, you know, it's, it's insane some of the things we see, some of the things that we, we look at. I begin to look at some of the other articles that that are out there. A few of them we're going to share with you. 
to the point that I want to vomit. I just want to plain vomit. The lies, the deceit, all that we're facing in D.C. today, in this country today. I had a lengthy conversation with my uh, the mother of my eldest granddaughter. She was over with the kids yesterday. And uh, Sophie, that's my granddaughter, that's my son's daughter. Um, her, her sister is the most amazing kid I have ever met in my life. And we just had a great time. They were here for a number of hours, and the little one is just so open to so many things. I don't know why I bring all this up, but uh, I, I got wrapped up with some things with the kids yesterday, and and uh, the the previous 24 hours, I think I share with you, I had an exceedingly rough time, and I just I had to finish up and get them out of here to get ready to go on the air. And it got to be close to airtime, and I realized I couldn't even do a program yesterday. And um, uh, uh, pulled out an archive of a program that I had done many, many years ago called X-Rays, the cause of heart disease and cancer. And uh, that's an interesting response to that program. So... Once in a while, going back to the old stuff isn't such a bad idea. Let's take a look at some of the other things on the projection list. There are analysts who correctly predicted gold's rally as a new target for this year. Now, we know gold prices fell this summer when rising crude oil prices caused inflation. Treasury yields and the U.S. dollar declined. U.S. dollar to climb? It doesn't climb. Who's zooming who? Of course, the sell-off was significant enough to cause the SPDR, Gold Shares Exchange Traded Fund, which is the largest ETF backed by physical gold, to fall 12% from its May high to its October low. ETF. That's what Walmart, uh, Walmart, (laughs) that's what Wall Street sells. Electronically traded funds. Well, yeah, theirs is backed by physical gold, but the people that are trading them are trading them electronically. They're never going to get possession. So now we're facing sticky inflation, all which could lead to further increases in treasury yields, the U.S. dollar. All of these things led to led many people to conclude that gold's retreat would continue, and yet gold prices found their footing in October. And they rallied. All I can submit to each and every one of you, if you're a gold bug, if you are a believer in gold ownership for your privacy, your security, you may want to pay attention to what we believe could happen to gold prices next. Now, having said that, it's interesting because gold settled off a little bit today. Um, I don't know where it stands right now, but let's take a fast peek. As of an hour or so ago, uh, gold had dropped down to 2044.88. Some days ago, it was 2065. Off a little bit. All I can say is that for those who 
are considering gold ownership. I know I've been spending a lot of time talking about the Valcombi breakable bars um, in both gold and silver. Do a lot with silver rounds. But there's a wide variety of different formats of gold that we can acquire. Why do you want to own gold? Your security. I received an hour ago an email from Maggie Rose um, giving another description of someone who's had a bank account for six or seven years and they go into the bank and they're now having greater and greater difficulty gaining access to their own funds. Um, They're finding fewer and fewer people actually working at the banks and to put this in simple terms, what we're hearing, what we're reading is that there will be fewer and fewer live people working at banks and I see this even out here in Phoenix I'm already seeing it I went to my bank to make a deposit yesterday and it's crazy my wife had gone to make that same deposit the day before whoever she drew was too stupid to read the check and it was quite clear and I went in and took care of it and I walked in there There's my. there was one person at the counter Two people waiting ahead of me and myself. And there was one teller working. Now, I go to a very small branch. Uh, I hope that they stay there because I prefer to do business with them. I know the bankers well. They're quite friendly. I know it's that simple. And yet the more and more we're reading is that there are going to be fewer and fewer people working at banks. I've been seeing this anyway. COVID didn't help. COVID had fewer and fewer people working at banks. Why should they work when they can sit home and suck the money off the government, i.e. the rest of us, we the taxpayers? Simply amazing. Little historical piece I posted uh, last night. I, I come across them once in a while. I always find them interesting talking about the California gold rush. That was the period of time of 1848 to 1855. A very defining moment in American history, which ignited a mass influx of immigrants seeking fortunes in the golden fields of the West. The discovery at Sutter's Mill not only spurred a demographic revolution with the so-called 49ers, it shaped the future of California but it also expedited California's statehood. And amid the frenetic quest for wealth, cities like San Francisco sprang up, which embodied the promise of the American dream. And yet the period was dated by environmental damage and the displacement of native populations. But historically speaking, the lure of gold has left a lasting impression in the annals of history all underlining the saga of gold mining as a catalyst for change. And I look back in this history and realize a gold rush, the gold rush, remains an emblematic chapter in our nation's development. A golden legacy etched with both the glitter of prosperity and the shadows of its environmental and social costs. All that I've shared with you thus far are headlines 
that we've got posted at SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com. Now, I did something a little unusual yesterday. One of my listeners had sent me a very interesting image. Now, it was sent to me because it was Christmas time, and it showed the three wise men. You know, these are the ones that had been to the birth of Christ, allegedly. And one of them is holding a thing that says unvaccinated sperm. Another holding says common sense. And, well, I'll tell you about the other one in a second. The guy holding the bag I've not defined, well, I'll tell you, it was marked gold. And that guy says, well, there was no pandemic. And the second guy says, climate change is a hoax. I'd prefer not today. Thank you. Trying to catch up. Climate change is a hoax. And the third guy, who's holding a bag called unvaccinated sperm, says men can't get pregnant. Well, I decided to go ahead and publish this picture. Why? Why are you putting that on Sierra Madre Precious Metals? Well, at least it made reference to gold. I mean, the one guy was holding a bag marked gold. (laughs) Come on, i got to get some laughter out of this every once in a while, right? Then I get into something else. Something I came across that I decided to look at, because my wife and I are seriously trying to get this house ready to get it on the market and get it sold. And... I come across this article entitled, Increase Your Home's Value by $6,000 with One Cheap Fix. Are you thinking of selling your home? The color of your front door could be the key to attracting potential buyers and getting a better offer. A recent study found that a front door painted in certain colors can increase the value of your home by $6,000. The front door is the first thing potential buyers see when they visit your property. It sets the tone for the entire house can significantly influence a buyer's perception of your home. A well-maintained, appealing front door can create blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I posted, come on, honey, let's get out the paint. Of course, I also posted a picture of a pretty scrappy, old, run-down, ready-to-fall-apart, two-story house. Except it looks like there's, I just noticed something. It looks like there's somebody standing up on a upper deck. Weird. Anyway. Um, I got, I got to get some sense of humor to say this once in a while. It's been several years since I have offered copper on the airwaves. And I came across a very interesting column I decided to, to post last night. Ask a simple question. Why is copper bullion so expensive? In recent years, the escalating cost of copper bullion has sparked widespread curiosity and concern. The surge in price can be attributed to a confluence of factors, including increasing global demand driven by emerging technologies, renewable energy initiatives, and infrastructural development, whatever the hell that is. The limited availability of high-grade copper ores and geopolitical uncertainties further contribute to the metal's heightened value. As investors and industry observers grapple with these dynamics, understanding the intricate forces shaping the copper market 
becomes essential for comprehending the reasons behind its persistent and often steep ascent in value. It's interesting. I, I sold copper for a long time. And then the suppliers got greedy. They began looking down the road. They believed that they saw where things were going, and they jacked up the price so high that it no longer was affordable. I had a, a couple who were longtime listeners of RBN and my program. They believe I believe they lived up in Idaho, and they bought five or six boxes of one-ounce silver rounds from me. And then everything just, it stopped. Everything just dried up. They didn't buy a lot of gold or silver. Mostly they saw the benefit of copper. And I guarantee you with the value of copper right now, they've done well with it. But there's more to the story than all of that. So we invite you to go to Sierra Madre Precious Metals. Scroll on down till you come to that headline, Why is Copper Bullion So Expensive? And then, of course, my warped sense of humor comes in. And I have to post something else. Asking the question, why is TP so damned expensive? If you've got any smarts, you'll understand what I mean by TP. Well, part of this came about because I was looking for an image of an individual last week. Maybe over the weekend for an article I was publishing. And came across this picture of AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, the former bartender that basically washed glasses at the bar, who got elected to Congress. Well, this was a little bit of a joke, I'm sure, but the picture calls for AOCTP. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez toilet paper, in which case they've got pictures of her face on each sheet. And so we can we, we can take on the effect that it's our intent to do the number two and do what we have to do with AOC's face. And we'll let it go at that. Huh? Come on, I got to keep that sense of humor. I really do. It's crazy. Just insane. Let's move on. Price level myth. Now, this is not to be confused with the commercials you see on television for um, life insurance. And that's what it is. Price, price, price. Yeah, okay. Price, inflation. Statistics were all last year. Very hot topic. Official measures like the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, or PCE. The Consumer Price Index, CPI. All these things rose to levels not seen in over four decades. And these measures were under commentators' microscopes as recently as last week. There's a thing called the Fred Bragg, 
Fred Blagg, which briefly discussed how these two measures are constructed and how they differ. Paul Krugman compared the change in core versions of the PCE and CPI, which remove components like food and energy. Don't you find that interesting? Two of the things that are the most expensive things we buy, and they remove them. But they did that over six and 12 month time intervals. The consensus view is that these measures had unique applications. According to Krugman, which one you should choose depends on what question you're trying to answer. But if you read various different columnists, writers, people over at, at, bon, at, at, at Mises, you might see a different story. In the Austrian framework, there's no such thing as the price level. And attempting to measure it induces a host of errors. When people talk of a price level, they have in mind the image of a level of a liquid which goes up or down according to the increase or decrease in its quantity, but which, like a liquid and tank, always rises evenly. But with price, there is no such thing as a level. Prices do not change to the same extent at the same time. There are always prices that are changing more rapidly. They're rising, they're falling more rapidly than other prices. Good example, I shared with you folks on Tuesday what I've witnessed happening with the gasoline prices here in Arizona. You know, it was at two ninety nine and then all of a sudden within a matter of a week, it sat there at three fifty nine. Now that's three fifty nine at, at most of the circle K's. And I drove by one of the other Circle K's that's close to my home last night, and all of a sudden they were back down to 329. But at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm on the way back to Denny's because I woke up and I'm starving. I'm hungry. I need to go get something to eat. I ate a much bigger meal at Denny's than I normally do. But part of that is because I got that skank of a server, the only one working that night, and I swore I wouldn't even go in there if I saw her there, but... I had to. I had to eat something. And son of a gun, the Circle K right next door to them was still at the 359. So the place back down at the corner is 329. So there's so much manipulation going on with up and down prices. It's insane. Well, Mice's criticism of the concept of price level and price indexes spans much of the work that he provided. He pointed out that prices do not change uniformly. Individual prices move up and down constantly. Summing them up as a measurable level ignores the reality of markets in which buyers and sellers meet to exchange specific goods for specific prices. You know, you might buy a jar of peanut butter for two and a half bucks today, but tomorrow it'll be six bucks. Which reminds me, an hour ago, I just had a real nice peanut butter, lettuce, and mayonnaise sandwich. Now, that may sound terrible to you, but it is my favorite sandwich from the time I was a kid. I'll be 76 next month. I'm still eating peanut butter, lettuce, and mayonnaise. Not that much of it. I probably don't have more than three or four a year. But right now, I just had to have it. So anyway, the content of much of what we read becomes and was Mises' analysis of monetary inflation. Money enters the economy at a particular point. So tracing out the effects of money printing 
must proceed oh, step by step. And methods of this type show that some people are able to spend the new money first by increasing their demands for the given set of goods. Now, others have to wait for their incomes to increase as the new money ripples through the economy while paying higher prices due to the early receivers' increased demands. So let's see. If we don't see you know, continued increase in our income, we're going to get bent over as they drive. And all of this is known as the Kantian effect, or Kantian. All of it sheds light on Mises' rejection of price-level concepts. There's not one price level, but there's many individuals facing different price arrays. First recipients of due money face an array of prices that have not yet been disturbed by the monetary intervention. They have the ability to acquire additional goods on the market at those prices. The later recipients see the prices of these goods increase. They'll either pay the new prices or divert their expenditure toward substitutes. They had to buy less than they did before to cut down their consumption of better and more expensive foods and to restrict their purchasing of clothing because prices had already adjusted upward while their incomes and their salaries had not yet been raised. You know, I've not gone out and bought a new pair of pants in a considerable period of time. A year and a half ago, I went out and bought a couple of new pair of shorts because I found some that were still made out of a canvas-type material and not this stupid little fruitcake crap that the stretchable pants, stretchable jeans, and all this junk that they're making anymore. You know, so the guys can go out looking like they're trying to become girls. You know, stupid crap. And the only thing that I bought new, I've got a shirt that I've had for years that is just flat worn out. I have never owned a shirt that I have worn out the way I did that. It's just an old, I don't know, it's a cotton shirt, long sleeve shirt, light blue in color, uh, something that a farmer or a rancher would wear typically. I've had that shirt for years. There's nothing left of it. And I want to replace it. I had the name of the manufacturer. Manufacturer no longer exists. Went to a couple of places. I found shirts that were similar, but still not what I wanted. But I bought one of them. But I've only worn it a couple of times. Because it ain't the same shirt, baby. Monetary intervention. Prices go up, prices go down. Hmm. price revolution nothing more than a metaphor over the misleading concept of a change in the price level market system before and after an inflow or outflow of quantity of money is not merely changed in that the cash holdings of the individuals and prices have increased or decreased there have been affected also changes in the reciprocal exchange ratios between the various commodities ah the hell with it you know what I'm talking about. We're all facing it. But you see, it's simple. The price level myth 
It's pervasive. Contributes to an awful lot of errors, especially regarding monetary theory and monetary policy. It affects kinesianism, monetarism, monetary disequilibrium theory, rules-based monetary policy, stabilization policy, modern monetary theory, and plain old run-of-the-mill economic journalism, which in this case is a polite word for, you got it, bullshit. I know, does that word affect you? Does it offend you? It should. But what it represents is what you should be offended for. The consequences of all these kind of errors are have been described and predicted for years. Buried the Kantian effects in aggregation, monetary intervention. Monetary intervention gets a pass. We don't see the true nature of business cycles. The government deviously siphoning sources away from a private economy. The disproportionate swelling of our financial sector or the exacerbation of income and wealthy inequality. All we see is a central bank turning dials to achieve some targeted sweet spot. Price inflation and unemployment. Well, sweet spot has got nothing to do with price inflation or unemployment now, does it? Things to give some serious consideration toward. Now, interesting piece I came across. I literally seven or eight minutes before going on the air. And it drew me in um, almost instantly. Thing of gold. And the article asks the question or attempts to answer the question why the gold price could experience shocking price action. This drew me because it's almost like a continuation of that which we've just shared with you. Quite astounding. Well, over the last couple of days, gold prices have been trading a little lower. Traders are getting ready for one of the biggest events of the week, which will take place I guess it was scheduled to take place late yesterday or early today. Gold price staged a remarkable rally last year with a gain of 13% as the Fed dialed down on its dovish, hawkish stance and gave market players hopes that things would be different in 2024, which moved the dollar index away from its high and positively influences the price of gold. And yet... Did we see some dramatic moves in the gold price today? Down a little bit. I don't care. When it goes down a little bit is when I try to buy. And that's the kind of suggestion I make to you as well. But the overall trend 
in gold should be bullish. Yeah. First trading day of the year. Cost of gold was up yesterday. Tuesday, I guess. I've lost track. The point to all this is, and I'm not going to continue on with it because I've got other places to go for the balance of this program today, is that I will take this article, why the gold price could experience shocking price action. And I will have that published later tonight. And I'll let you read it. Take a look at the graphs, etc., etc. It's well worth doing. I don't do this stuff just to share airtime. I don't do this just to make sales. Look, that's what I do. I am a precious metals broker. Gold, silver, copper, etc., etc. I work with our clients to find what's going to work best for them. There are many of our clients that can't afford to buy gold. They buy silver. They'll come in and buy a roll of 20. They'll buy five rolls, 100 ounces. They'll buy 200 ounces if they can afford it. Maybe they'll buy a full box of 500 ounces. And there's a range. We can look at American Eagles. But I don't want to pay the kind of money they get for American Eagles. It's insane. They're no better quality. There's no more silver in them. So why do I want to pay that kind of price? Put something in my hand, something in my possession that that allows me controls. Don't kid yourself. You go to liquidate a one-ounce American Eagle, they're not necessarily going to give you a spot for it, okay? It may get to that point. But it's not there yet. And in the roundabout, a one-ounce silver American Eagle is not truly worth one single dime more. Not one than a one-ounce buffalo silver round. It's that reality. What do we do? What do we do? I sometimes go back and look at the writings of authors who have the same twisted sense of humor that I do. And they write with that same twisted sense of humor. One of them has a website that's named after him, his name.com. But he publishes under a subheading of his name called Cluster F Nation. I won't pronounce that word. Okay, you can figure it out. And a piece that he wrote last week asked the question, do you dare even look forecast 2024? We're in the fourth day of 2024, ladies and gentlemen. What are we facing? And then, of course, David Collum says, I've also lost patience with the Sharia of the political left taking over the entire system. 
Oh, that makes so much sense. Cusser begins by saying, historians of the future flash frying peccary testicles and mesquite pods over their campfires will wonder at how the archetypical shining city on the hill of America's storied yesteryear got transformed into the roach motel that our country has become on the threshold of 2024 CE. Roach motel. <laughs> Boy, does that fit. Boy, they got them in New York now, in Chicago, and how many other cities around the country? Them boys in Texas is smart putting them on buses and shooting them out of their state. But will these folks be stupidly bewildered as in our time, the faculty at Harvard, the editors of the New York Slime, or the director of the CDC, or will these people figure out the score by then? Which is the nauseating state of the nation is being driven by a cohort of our own fellow citizens lost in an evil crypto-religious salvation rapture that veils their own self-disgust, moral failure, peevish discontents, petty hatreds, willful profanations, compulsive lying. Oh, let's not forget sexual depravity, fraudulence, banality, cupidity, an all-around want of boundaries. They. They. Who the hell is they? They are wrecking the country on purpose, led by their chosen figurehead avatar, China Joe Biden, and the horses of many different colors that he rode in on led by the chosen figurehead? No, that gives the appearance of who's leading. That's another story. Look, the people running things, yanking the levers of power, managing the malign weapon they have made of government and the law and schooling and medicine, etc., have got to be turned out and hard. Not a few should find themselves in the courts with proper and fair education be conducted to prison, perhaps even to the special room where the lives of the wicked are ceremonial concluded, ceremonially concluded. One might legitimately ask, does America deserve what it's getting? <laughs> well, come on. You know, the old maxim about hard times make strong men. Strong men bring good times, and good times make weak men. Our national quandary is certainly a case of all of that, plus the manifestation of well-known terrestrial cycles, you know, the fourth turning, stuff like that, plus the workings of emergences, the dynamics involved, and all of this sort themselves out, which is all topped off by the secret sauce of globalist wickedness with the aim of severe population reduction, the asset stripping of western civilization for the benefit of the be that money grubbing globalist transhuman technocrat rat pack my natural inclination you know is a kind of allergy to paranoid schemes 
but one does survey the scene with wonder at how superbly coordinated the um, duckery has been. I just changed one letter. Much of the world locking down simultaneously for the COVID-19 op, the global mass vax campaign, the fiscal lunacy and accompanying central bank shenanigans, broad-based censorship operations, the capture of the news media, the warmongering capture of the news media. My God, how long ago did that take place? It's been captured a long time ago. So the country's in the toilet. It's our job in 2024 to make sure that it doesn't get flushed all the way down the pipe. That's all the throat clearing you will hear before we get to the meat of this broadside. We're going to share with you predictions for the year ahead, which we've already begun. The great race. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not referring to blacks or browns or ochres and whites or the homo sapiens persuasion, but to an epic contest between forces already in motion and how that competition is going. Three big tendencies propel us into the uncharted territory of the future we've entered. First, technological advance, especially artificial intelligence. Secondly, collapse of complex systems needed to run a technologically advanced civilization. And thirdly, geopolitical disorder, including domestically right here in the U.S. of A. But some combo of those three will determine the direction history goes in the year directly ahead. Will it be techno-tyranny of the elite oppressing bug-eating serfs? a la the WEF's proclaimed goals. goals. What was that word? Where is it? Techno-tyranny. Oh, I don't even want to take you down the path that I read into that. Hmm. You know, there's a Googlist robotic nirvana of intergalactic leisure and incessant orgasm in the Ray Kurzweil vein. You know, some brand of SHTF kind of like Mad Max or World Made by Hand, a war of all against all, or maybe just some against some, or only more of the same tiresome, inconclusive, morbid, grotesque, woke-up, postmodern Jacobinism. And we face the potential of the mystery mutts on the loose. The USA under Joe Biden has lost its military credibility, its economic power, its moral authority. We must wonder if we are susceptible to being overrun and possibly even occupied by our adversaries, our enemies. Of course, the first duty of any government will be to defend the country's sovereign territory. Little Joey Biden's Homeland Security chief... (coughs) (laughs) Mayorkas Magoo is allowing more than 10,000 illegal aliens across the Mexican border each and every day. And most of these characters are military-age men, 90% of them lately from places other than Latin America, many from China, 
and hostile Muslim lands. And we don't bother to vet them anymore. We just give them cell phones, debit cards loaded with $5,000 of walking around money and plane tickets to go wherever they like. They're not here to make moo-goo guy pan or trim privet hedge. What do you think might happen in a setup like this? And so our prediction for 2024 that things are going to blow up around the U.S. of A. Infrastructure, power plants, transport hubs, public places, bridges, monuments, you name it. If you can sneak people in fentanyl across the border, you can sneak Semtex and C4 plastic explosions over and the electronics are easy to get into the country. Oh, I wouldn't rule out fissionable materials either or stuff that could be used as a dirty bomb. A conventional explosion that disperses dangerous radioactive material when it blows. I would also expect groups of trained migrant men with rifles, grenades, and so on to be shooting up places where people gather. You know, we seem to underappreciate the amount of mayhem you can kick off with small arms. And if the bite me regime just stands by on that and does nothing, you'll be surprised to hear that American citizens began forming militias to shoot back, maybe even start to hunt down and round up illegal invaders. The table's set for exactly this kind of low-grade war right here in this country, people. But not if you sit back and do nothing, say nothing about it. Oh, we could go into this much further. We can talk about the energy picture. Oil still matters a lot. 90% of the new oil in America after aught eight come from, came from fracking. Mighty operation. We're at a new all-time production peak in this country of just over 13 million barrels of oil a day. That's a lot. Quite an achievement. But it also sends a false signal. Because we got to consume about 20 million barrels a day of the several fabled shell oil basins in America. Only the Permian Basin in Texas is not in decline. And the situation there belies what they're Big numbers imply individual well production is going down at an alarming rate, even while production is massive right now. We're draining the remaining sweet spots as fast as we can. We're drinking the milkshake through more straws, driving the shale industry closer to depletion. And we're going to fall away from peak production much more rapidly than the 15 years it took to get here. And all that prior shale oil production was done using money borrowed at much lower interest rates. America has entered a debt crisis. And one way or the other, the easy investment money for fracking has gone at the same time the shale plays are getting drained. There's no other significant shale plays left to discover in this country outside of the already declining Bakken or Eagle Ford and the still booming Permian. The marine-type shale formications that make fracking feasible in this country are much harder to find elsewhere in the world. And the capital to explore them, 
for them is diverted all over Europe into cockamamie green energy schemes that have already failed. Germany had to revive coal production for electricity after the USA blew up the Nord Stream pipelines to weaken Russia. And all this has happened at the same time Germany's big wind and solar initiative crapped out. And meanwhile, the geopolitical realignment of the now-enlarged BRICS coalition has set in motion many significant changes in economic relations between countries that will affect global oil distribution. Saudi Arabia is disassociating from its cozy former hookup with this country, including its embrace embrace of the U.S. dollar for oil sales, the so-called petrodollar which had until very lately helped stabilize, one, the global distribution of oil, secondly, the U.S. dollar's position as the world's reserve currency, and thirdly, relative peace in the pivotal geography of the Middle East, including the Red Sea, Suez Canal, Persian Gulf, the Mediterranean, etc., ad nauseum. We are seeing the first stage of that instability right now as the lowly Yemeni Hotai rebels threaten Western shipping coming out of the Red Sea and out past the Horn of Africa. And also, obviously, the absurd Ukraine war we provoked and our funding, thank you, Joey, has shifted Russia's oil and gas export flow from the Western civilized nations to the other BRICS. Short, my friends, a fateful new game of musical chairs with oil is underway. And Europe cannot seem to find a seat to park its sad old rump in. American shale oil production has been an amazing parlor trick that is now coming to an end as it swerves into decline in 2024. And additionally, the ideologue maniacs under Biden have drained the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is supposed to tide us through the great national emergencies and war. And the same idiots have shut down pipelines, designated public lands off-limits for oil drilling, burdened our country with similar unrealistic Green New Deal alternative energy schemes, like the policies pounding Euroland and pounding it down. It's getting pounded down a neo-medieval rat hole. But then you see oil still matters. A lot. It drives every aspect of our so-called advanced economy. We've put, we've been pretending it's possible to shift easily away from oil to alternative energy, and that fantasy is now dissipating. Nuclear is both capital-intensive and dependent on social stability, and the global debt bubble will disorder capital flows while it stimulates social chaos. Nuclear power plants also take years to site and permit and finance and build, apart from the NIMBY opposition that they provoke. But my friends, we as a nation are about out of time and capital for a new nuclear program. Do you begin to understand all of this? 2024 is the year that Americans who are still capable of paying attention realize that we are steaming into true post-modernity. Not the skull-fogging inanities of the art world, 
but rather the end of the precious comforts and conveniences of daily life. Abundant food, central healing, hot water, lights, appliances on command, happy motoring, yellow school bus fleets, airplane travel, theme parks, blue light special shopping, everything else. And it's all going to fall apart at once. Although an electromagnetic pulse attack could do it. But we've already been witnessing the slow decay of many supply lines and services that we Americans formerly took for granted. Goodbye, Yellow Freight Road. Goodbye, Yellow Freight Road. I know exactly what I said. And I made those words up just before I said them. Most will think goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. No. Yellow Freight Road. Think about it. There's much we could cover here. This story goes on quite a bit more. We'll have this published later tonight. Do you dare even look? Forecast 2024. We reach near the end of this hour. I can't remember how long our piece of closing music is. But in the next hour, we're going to pick up in some other directions. Stay with us, won't you? I'm just sitting, waiting. Yeah, it's kind of a short piece of music we're closing with. It's my mentality. I need it. You'll get it figured out. Oh, yeah. We're living in the greatest show on earth. <laughs> Coming up next hour. Um, where are we? Nope, I'm going to pass on that. Oh, next hour, Apocalypse Now. Yes, we're going to do some of that. I will shoot my guy over a sign here. Here we go. Spare with me. Bear with me. Nope, that's not it. That's not what I'm trying to do. No, nope, no, 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 no. Don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Hey, Mikey, you there? Do you dare? There we go. Sorry about that. Be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us, don't you? Day to day, come see the barkers and the gawkers.
walkers, the bareback riders and the fearless tightrope walkers. One of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.